This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Charlie Mang. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Behold podcast. This is episode 54, which is so crazy to say. That's official. We've been doing this for well over a year at this point. And the last couple of weeks have been a little bit uh, untraditional on the podcast. And so it's fun to be back today with your standard uh, weekly digest with a couple of couple of VBC suckers. So this is Sean and Dan and Charlie, as you heard, say hi, guys. What's up? I prefer I prefer the term stooge, stooge. Uh, or goon. I like three stooges. stooges. VBC stooges. Three stooges. Yeah, the three There's stooges. Three of us, you know? Yeah, it's perfect. It's a throwback. Hi, y'all. This is Charlie. About, this is Dan. I'm doing great. Doing really great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> so just to give a quick recap on behalf of all of us. So Charlie just spent a week in Kentucky with his family. Dan just spent a week in Arnold with his family. I just spent a week changing diapers at home, so we're all just having a great couple uh, days away and recharged in some ways and ready to get back at it this week. So it's fun to be with you all, and just to get us going here, really exciting. We just started our new teaching series, which is so awesome, and it's called Tested, which I love that title. We'll talk about that later, Charlie, how you came to that. Tested, and we're looking at Second Timothy, and you know, I gave a little bit of a plug last week for it, which, Charlie, you can recant anything untruthful that I may may or may not have said. But before we get going, why don't you just set the stage a little bit and tell us a little bit about what that letter was from Paul to Timothy. Well, yeah, I was on vacation last week. So any any idea that I actually listened... Throw that out the window. So you, you didn't listen to you didn't not. listen to the podcast on your vacation. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, that's very hurtful. It's a vacation Canceled. from you guys as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. No. But but yeah. This this book, man. Second Timothy is such a profound one, and I think it is so relevant to what we are engaged in as a church within a society that is growing in its hostility and growing in its uh, perversion of truth, wanting to water down the gospel. And, and man, Paul's call is, is to guard that good deposit, right? It is to, to hold fast to truth, right? And it comes from a place of, of deep intimacy. And I think that's the point that we want to make sure we hit, is that you've got Paul who's sitting in prison. He is well aware that his days are numbered. He, he, his death is imminent, it's going to happen. And, um, you know, he, he writes this letter to his buddy, Timothy, his protege, you know, his, his, his mentee. Um, but, but really, ultimately, and I loved what, what Gary said on Sunday, his, one of his best friends in the entire world, right? And is just giving him this, in, the, giving him this in, instruction, this encouragement, um, you know, these commands, uh, to hold fast, to continue on. And, and he comes to this point where he says, you know, you want to present yourself as a workman approved. And that idea of approved is that you have been tested and you've come out on the other end of that testing as one who has, has done well in that process. And so that idea of tested, of proving our mettle, which I think sometimes, you know, in, in Christianity today, we want to be like, no, God's grace is enough. That's it. But God's grace, it, it demands 
a response. And I'm not saying that that we earn anything. We don't earn grace, right? That's a free gift. Uh, but when we receive that grace, grace, there is a response that's demanded. And that is what Paul is calling Timothy to. He's saying, listen, like, you have received this. You have received his power, this salvation, this grace, this love. You've received purpose from God. Walk in it. Walk it in, a, walk in, it in a way that that demonstrates the significance and accuracy and truth of what the gospel secures. But it's so deeply relational, what, what Paul is communicating to, to Timothy. Uh, it's coming from a place of shared experience. It's coming from a place of, of genuine and deep love. It's coming from a place of years of working together in ministry. And, and I think that that is such a great place for us to launch in this morning, you know, thinking about what Gary taught us uh, in this first week. But just that idea of relational uh, intimacy, relational depth that is achieved only through doing life together in a profound way. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And yeah, I, I really appreciated the way that you guys, your teaching teams started this series and Gary on Sunday, just starting off with that point of like, hey, before we even get into all the different commands that and, and encouragements that Paul's going to give Timothy, we just need to talk about the nature of their relationship. You know, talk about why that stuff, why they have this this setting before this even happens. And so it's a great launching point for us too of like, man, there's so many aspects of, of growth and of encouragement and, and of sanctification that we want to do together as a church community. But all of that, like you just said, has to stem from our relational view towards God, right? And then have that inform and, and define the way we live with one another. Well, that was, that was Gary's first thing, right? The foundation for not only this last week's teaching, but really a foundation for what we're going through in this book. He, he writes it this way, a shared life with God equips us for a shared life with one another. That it has to, it has to stem from, it has to be empowered by our relationship with God. And when I say it, I mean our relationship with others to have a fruitful and effective ministry or to grow because we are partnering with people who are are further along the road. It comes from a place of this prerequisite, right, is that Jesus died in order for us to have relationship with God. And, and, and if we're walking in that, then there is going to be overflow and outflow in the way we relate to other people. Yeah. It reminds me of a, of a quote by our buddy Oswald Chambers. And uh, he says this, he says, no love of the natural heart is safe unless the human heart has been satisfied by God mm. first. And so when we talk about, you know, having influence in other people's lives, well, we're ultimately relationship, right? We're ultimately talking about is, is love and, and reflecting and sharing the love that we should be experiencing with God, letting it overflow into our relationships with people inside the church, outside of the church. And so I just, I think whatever it is we're, we're talking about in terms of influence and relationship and, and connection and fellowship, whatever happening in the, in the body, we need to make sure that we're uh, l- l- viewing it as an overflow of what we're experiencing with God. If not, we're going to, we're just going to hurt people. Yep. <laughs> you know, we're just, yeah. we're just going to damage people. Well, it's so you know? right. It's so funny. I, as you're talking, I just think of this analogy. It's a weak analogy, but it works still. I think like in my like early twenties, 
I loved music and I still love music, but like I'm always listening to the new records or the reading the new books or whatever it might be, right? And there was this this desire, right? This deep desire because I would engage with this music or this particular book in a way that that just influenced me deeply. And I would want to pass that on, right? I would be like, I would buy a copy of that, I'd buy 10 copies of that record to pass on to people. Or I would buy 15 copies of that book to make sure I had them available for people. I was hanging out with my buddy Tim Johnson the other day and and he had this box of books and he was like, you've got to take one of these because he had read this book and he was like, this has influenced (laughs) me greatly and now I want to pass it on. How much more so is that the case relationally? Like when I meet somebody, right, who is just amazing, I want them to know everybody else. You know what I mean? Like I want them to, right, to right. get to know them. And then how much even more so is it amazing when we think about our relationship with God, that when we are relating to him, when we understand the depths that he's gone to to secure that relationship for us with him, how, how much more willing will we be to say, I want to pass that on? I want to make sure others experience the depth of that relationship. And yeah, that's so good. And I think like kind of hand in hand with that, Dan, I love that you brought up love, right? And the idea of, yeah, it's, it's really loving one another. But just like with love, when we talk about love and we define love, you know, I think that there's this temptation initially to just think to ourselves, yeah, love is like just this, this kumbaya, we're all happy with one another kind of thing. When in reality, we look at scripture and there's so many specific directions and instructions for what love should look like, right? How we love as friends, how we love as as co-brothers and sisters in Christ, how we love as husbands and mothers and all those things. And so isn't it the same with relationships? You know, we, we, we come into church and there's this temptation, I think, to come in and view it as this like social club construct where, hey, we're all kumbaya, we're feeling good with each other. When in reality, God has given us specific instructions for what that relationship should look like. And like you said, Charlie, it all kind of stems from our, our relationship with him, the original yep. relationship. And so maybe that's a good place for us to kind of launch from and start this discussion today. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the one of the things that might someone might be thinking when they're li- as they're listening to this is like, man, I I just am not experiencing this kind of these kinds of relationships in the body, you know, there, uh, there's brokenness or there's pettiness or disunity, or, uh, maybe it's very surface level. Like I have friends in the church and we hang out and we do stuff together, but, but it's not, it's not this level of influencing one another to, to the point like Ephesians four 16, we're not really building each other up in that love, you know? So maybe you're listening and you're like, I don't see it. Like I'm not experiencing I'm not experiencing it. Like what's wrong? Something's broken. And if that's the case, the first place to look is how, how, how is your, your loving connection and relationship to God? Mm. You know, is, is there something off there? Is there something broken there? And obviously we know from scripture, nothing could be broken on his end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's completely faithful. He's completely committed. Uh, the, the finished work of, of the cross is, is now and forever and nothing can revoke God's love for us. And so when we are experiencing a break in fellowship with our relationship with God, uh, that's something we're, do, we're doing or not doing or, or, or something, something's off with us. And so a lot of times if, if something's off in relationship or something's lacking in relationship, it's not, we're not experiencing what is outlined here in second Timothy, then, uh, the first, a lot of times we, we, we try to fix it on that human level. Yeah. 
But maybe what the first thing we, we need to do is just step back and say, well, how, how am I loving God and letting him love me? What I would, you know, I would it, just jump yeah. in if you don't mind and say the first thing Please. to do is with humility, recognize that human beings are imperfect. And any church you go to, you're going to find broken relationships. You're going to find things that are, that are off. The healthy churches are the ones that recognize that and want to keep moving, that want to keep going, right? Like, so, so not to, to pacify you, you know what I mean? If you're in that boat that Dan just explained, because there probably is some inventory and some personal reflection you need to take, but also recognize on that broad sense that there's going to be issues, right? Like Dan and I have arguments, Sean and I have arguments, or we have disagreements, right? Like that's going to take place, or we hurt each other's feelings, or or, or whatever. 100%, yeah. But the, or at the we, end of the day, the, the goal yeah. is like we want to see Jesus glorified, and it comes from that relationship with God. We want to see Him proclaimed, and so that is what allows us to be unified, even in the midst of diversity. Well, it's, it's like any any relationship, right? Like those moments of of hardship or social disagreement, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Those aren't like red flags for you having a broken friendship. Those are opportunities for growth. Yep. You know, they're opportunities for individual and relational growth. Just like those of you who are married, you've all been there, yada, yada, yada. We can talk about that over and over again. Even just look at Paul and Timothy. Do we think that they and their time together and their mentor relationship never had disagreements? Of course they did. But now when we read 2 Timothy, we're seeing the fruit of that growth that they undoubtedly went through as they work through some of these same exact things that we're going to talk about. And can I, can I just say what the word is? The one word that, that y'all need to just get in your head when it comes to relationship, whether it be with your, your spouse, whether it be with your kids, whether it be with your neighbors, whether it be with God himself, the word is intentionality. Are you being intentional to see the kind of fruit that Gary spoke about on Sunday morning, to see those people you know, grow in, in, in their, their service, to see them grow in, in depth of, of friendship with you. You know what I mean? Like it, it takes that intentionality. So if you have been involved and you're like looking around saying, I don't see this, my encouragement to you is to say, what can I intentionally do in order to see this? Yeah, that's good. I think sometimes too, we, we tend to be more passive. We expect somebody else to foster these things. And really, if you look at that Ephesians 4, 16, it's, it's the entire body working together And, and for, in order for our body to function properly, we all have to be intentional and committed to building each other up in love. It's not just something the pastors do or something the older people do or whatever. It, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in or, or how old you are or what your background is, if you're new to the faith or not. We're, this is this is something that we all need to to take steps towards. And, and that was one of the things Gary left us with is like determining before the Lord, what are some next steps? And so hopefully people have been doing that and and, and kind of the gears are, are going. Well, and I think we get that. a good example from Timothy and Paul, right? What was what was the foundation? Not foundation, but what was what were some of those moments in their relationship that really helped it grow? And Dan, you had mentioned as we were talking earlier today, just on on going on trips together, right? Like like Paul comes in to Timothy and pulls him in, you know, and and says, "Let's go." I would love for you to to expand on that a little bit because that was encouraging and and I think yeah, challenging yeah. too in terms of next steps. 
Yeah, well, that was one of the interesting things that I wrote down that Gary said on Sunday is that if you look at Acts chapter 13 and 14, you see kind of the the germ, I think Gary is the, the term that Gary used, but but kind of the catalyst or, or the beginning, the starting point of their relationship and their, and their connection, the special kind of um, fellowship that they experienced. And that was going on this missionary journey to these these regions and and bringing the gospel to these places that that had never heard uh, of Jesus and 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 his and what he's done for for them, and they just you know you think about I think most of us have been on some kind of trip or like a road trip or um, a mission trip or uh, like we all did high school ministry together for many years and and that was one of the 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 cornerstones of of that ministry was just like we got to get people on trips because so many special and unique things happen. You know, you get, you get people out of the normal context. And so they're maybe a little bit uncomfortable. They have to learn to be more flexible. They have to learn to be more focused and dialed in on spiritual things. Um, also there's all these moments that just kind of happen when you're on the road with people, you know, conversations that, that pop up. Um, you know, when we're on those trips every day, we, we, we're, we're in the word, we're worshiping together. We're, um, we're serving together and there's just, um, there's a concentration and a focus and a spirit that I think is more, uh, akin to what life is about than what we experience in our normal everyday lives where we're, we're a lot more spread out and scattered and, and we have to really fight and, and, and struggle to be in community and to do life together. Whereas on those trips, man, it's just, there's a rhythm and there's a flow to it. And so I just thought that was really interesting. And, and man, I, I think as we are hopefully kind of on the tail end of this whole COVID era and things are starting to open up and we have a lot more freedom now with how we do ministry, I'm hoping we can get back to doing some trips as a church. Yep. Well, and um, wh- whether they're, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's in the works, right? Like, look at camping connections. Right. Look at look at some of the things that are going on, and 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 put yourself out of your comfort zone. You know what I mean? Like, I I I there's a part of me that hates going on trips. Like, it it, it is. I'm around <laughs> right, people right. constantly. That's difficult for me. You, there's this there's this sense of like I need to be on, which is difficult for me. And I'm not saying that that is a, a a true statement. That's just coming from my own you know problems. But you look back. I look back on those years, both in when I was a high school student and then also a leader. And it doesn't have to be like a full blown mission trip, right? Like we're going to Arizona, we're going to do this thing. Those houseboat trips were just as as important and beneficial to like being together, you know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah. growing together and having a focus together. Now I do think that there's something exquisite about going and saying our mission and goal is to spread the gospel. And in all honesty, that should be our mission and goal in everything we do. Whatever kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Whatever trip or, or, or whatever. We're yeah, doing. exactly. Um, but, but the camping connections get, get plugged in with that. Like look forward to some of those bigger family camp things that we do. And 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 put yourself out there. Like if you're feeling disconnected, go on one of these things. First, let us know you feel disconnected. We'll make sure we change that. And then go on these trips and 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 get involved because there's something beneficial and wonderful about that. 
Yeah, that's so good. And it's almost like, like I think about that Ephesians 4 passage, you know, about the body and, and when each part is working properly, the fruit that comes from that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like just what you're describing, Dan, that sense of like everyone's doing their part and our giftings are being used and you're able to see that. And yeah, on both of those fronts, like A, just being together is so fruitful because it creates so many more opportunities for that intentionality in relationships. But then, yeah, especially when you're in that context when you're all, all serving for the gospel, like, man, that is so powerful mm-hmm. because you're able to see just that Ephesians 4 again. You're seeing each part work properly, real time, live. And we all, those of us who have been on like, you know, Arizona or houseboats or whatever, there's just, there's something special about that. You know, and I think that when we look about, look at a lot of these relationships with the apostles, they're probably doing more of that kind of thing than like the, the trip just for fun type thing, sure. you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm sure they're having a blast while they're doing it, you know, but I think it's a good uh, place for us to start. If going back to what Dan was saying, if you're that person who, you know, you're feeling a little bit surface levelly with people or maybe some of your friendships aren't there, you're like, well, what do I do? How do I get that? That's a great place to start of just, even if it's a short thing, like, hey, buddy, Dan, do you want to come with me on Saturday and serve at city teams together? That kind of thing. You know, it's pretty low, low ask, <laughs> compared to the huge long trip, but you're still doing that thing. You're spending time together serving. And from that, you can trust that there's going to be fruit from that intentionality. Well, and that's my yeah, challenge. To, I think it, just to folks who have been around the church for a long time, who have that relationship with the Lord, are you being intentional in seeking out those that are less mature than you in the faith to like pull them up and to like, would, would Timothy have been somebody knowing from what we see in, 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 the scriptures as somebody who is timid, would he have gone to Paul and said, Hey, I want to join you? I, I, I don't know. I doubt it though, based off what we see. What did Paul do? He said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to grab this guy and I'm going to bring him with me on these things. And he's going to be a part of this thing. And so just for you folks who have been around for, for years, are you being intentional? Do you understand you know, that part of the body working together properly is that you are investing in in the next generation and not necessarily generationally, but just that next generation of, of believers who are younger than you in the faith. Yeah, I think that, I think that's so huge. And, and there's, there's a lot of different ways that these things can happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think it's so important that, and Charlie, you talk about this all the time, but it's not, it's not about a formula, right? Never. It's not about like doing, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because the way Gary presented these things, I think it could be easily, I mean, it's very clear, like how, how, you know, we instruct each other, we, we model for one another, we encourage one another, um, that can easily become robotic and formulaic. And we, we all, have, I think the way that we, we kind of fight against that it, is we just say, man, like what, what am I, what, what am I already kind of doing in yep. life and how can I pull someone along? How can I invite somebody in, in, into that with me? You know, like, like for me, you, you know, I'm, I'm my primary, uh, area of ministry is, is worship ministry, you know, with music. And so I'm constantly thinking about it. I'm constantly practicing it and reading and preparing and praying and, and just working in that ministry. So it, it makes sense for me. What, what, why not just grab some people alongside and show them the ropes? Like, and we can kind of work together on this stuff. So it's like, what? You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. And I, I would just say, because I know I poo poo formula a lot. Formula is not bad, 
But the moment that we sacrifice relationship for formula, then there's an issue. So like in your example, Dan, if you're, you've got these folks that you see musically inclined or technologically inclined that you're pulling into what you're doing, if you're like, I've got a formula and it's going to work 100%, you're sacrificing relationship with that person, right, for that formula. It becomes more about just going through these motions, right? It's yeah. a machine. And nobody yeah. wants to be a gear in a machine. But you can still implement those formulas but making sure that in that process, you're maintaining the relationship. And that is where you're going to see fruit. And so when we say, hey, and I like to think of, of what Gary brought us through less as a formula and more as a schematic, which I know is probably the same thing, but it's like, <laughs> this is a measuring tool for me. Am I modeling? Am I instructing? Am I encouraging? And not only that, but am I being instructed? Am I being encouraged and am I looking for people who model this for me? And I think when we, when we operate within that paradigm, understanding that it does not replace relationship but enhances relationship when done properly, then we're in a good place. Yeah. yeah. Just a quick point on like, Dan, your, your process of inviting someone to just do what you're already doing when I mean, so wise yep. and also so natural, right? It's organic. That's, that's what we're seeing here with the schematic, not the formula. But also, you know, you couldn't do that if you weren't serving in the first place. You know, if you weren't already investing in this and walking alongside God in these different arenas, then you wouldn't have that freedom to be able to easily bring someone along. So again, yep. I think it just goes back to it all starts with us and God, right? Yep. So good. <laughs> yeah. You know, another thing too, I was just just to go back to the the whole trips thing, you know, um, I wonder if there are some ways that, that we can, we can have those same kinds of experiences with people, um, you know, without doing a, a big trip and, and even, even, you know, Sean, you mentioned like going and, and doing a day trip to, to go s- serve together. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, we've seen, uh, small groups in, you know, VBC groups in our, in our church say, Hey, we're going to go do, you know, we're going to go serve at, at open heart kitchen, or we're going to go take, you know, go do a trip to city team, or we're going to go do hot chocolate evangelism in the tenderloin or whatever. Right. And I think that can be really, really powerful and, and can create some of those bonds, like kickstart some of those bonds, if you will. Um, but I was just thinking, man, like how, like when was the last time you guys had somebody in your home to cook dinner together, you know? Um, and I, and I, I say specifically to cook dinner I know sometimes we, it's nice to go over to, you know, someone's house for dinner and the dinner's already ready. And it's like, when you get there, it's like fresh and hot and they just like serve you. And and that's cool too. But, um, recently we had, uh, you know, a few young adults over and we, we intentionally didn't make dinner in time for them to be there. We said, we're going to all cook together. And, um, there was something really cool and, and about that because, um, you know, we had this shared goal and we were following this recipe and everybody kind of was doing their own jobs and helping each other out. And, and it just fostered this really cool connection and, and conversation. And then when we sat down to eat, um, it, it kind of, the stage was set for us to have some meaningful interaction and, and encourage each other. And so, so I, I and there's probably a lot of different things that are, that are like that, but just to kind of get the, the gears, the creative juices maybe flowing a little bit, you know, just cause it's not always feasible to go, to go on a trip. Right. But there can be some things we can do to, 
to um, get after that same connection. Well, and that's, yeah, well, I think oh. I was, I'm sorry. That's that's where that yeah. intentionality comes in, right? Like, and what was the what was the question that that Gary asked us, right? Like, it's that what are those next steps? Like, how do I prepare to be relational? Like, how do how do I think those things through, or is everything just kind of haphazard when I run into folks or when I hang out with folks? But do I have this mindset that says when I'm spending time with the people of God? We are going to interact like the people of God, like I, I right. Or, or it, it, I think also not just haphazard, but sometimes p- people are really passive. Yeah, you know, they're, they're I'm not going to do anything. You, you do it, and yep. I, I'm expecting you to to. Or there's, or I think in one of the other barriers is is fear, because um, well, who am I? Who am I to to take it that direction, yep. or or who am I to bring up that thing? You know, my my friends are gonna are gonna think I'm being like you know, overly like spiritual and, and pious, you know, you which know is exactly Timoth- where, where Timothy was, right? That's why Paul's right. at him. And he's saying, listen, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord or as me, his prisoner, like do not let that kind of fear or that kind of stuff enter in. Like you continue to go, you know what I mean? You continue mm-hmm. to push forward. You continue to exhibit that kind of intentionality that Paul says, I bring modeled. people along with you. It's not yes. just you, right? Yes. It's it. You're bringing these things before the people. You know, you're you're instructing them. You're modeling for them. You're encouraging yep. them. So, yeah, I, I love which that. I yeah I benefit so much from those kinds of people in my life. Like so much from people who are saying when we hang out, it's not just a hangout. Like as much as the hangout part is good and fun and worthy of our time, underlying this is an opportunity for us to connect on things that are much deeper than the baseball game or the dinner or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think again, just the, the intentionality, going back to the intentionality, yep. because, you know, we're not here to say that every time you see a particular friend, it needs to be a Bible study, you know, but we're just saying we want you to be thinking about it and have intentionality. You know, like Dan's example is of saying, Hey, intentionally, we want to prepare to have this time together or we're doing this as a sense of unity and camaraderie versus this more traditional friendship model of like give and take, right? Yep. Hey, this week I'm going to give you take and vice versa and flip it. But I think there's so many things like that where you can create opportunities to do stuff side by side. And like Dan, you and I recently made this thing out of wood together. That was kind of fun. There's things like that, you know? And again, it's not about doing the action, but it's just the intentionality behind it. <coughs> saying, yeah, maybe the physically... The time spent is just going to be you and me at a table having a beer or whatever that is, but the intentionally behind it saying, but the purpose of this is for me to invest in your care, for me to hear what's going on in your life, to me be able to be praying for you. Yes, the woodworking is not the goal, right? The dinner is not the goal. The goal is that we would stimulate others towards godly growth and that we would stimulate others to effective service. And, and so those are great means to that end because it establishes us together. But then what flows from that is that instruction, that modeling, and that encouragement that helps to stimulate those things. Yeah. You know, you know what I, I'm curious what you guys think about this. There, there's a mechanism that I'm thinking of that a lot of times can, can um, help us go from you know, sitting down and just having a beer or, or, or do, you know, going on a bike ride or whatever, just, you know, there, there's a mechanism I found that helps that that activity jump to something more meaningful. 
And I'm curious if you guys agree. I think that mechanism is good questions. You guys agree? Like, I feel like whenever I'm with someone who's being intentional, a lot of times what it looks like is them, them asking me a good question, you know, just about what's going on in my life or what, what's God speaking to me or, you know, what are the challenges I'm facing? How can they pray for me? That kind of a thing. Like, and I, I wonder if maybe if we all just learned how to ask good questions of each other, you know, and then, and then I guess the other flip side of that is actually being honest. Right. Cause we, you know, I'm sure we've all uh, fallen into the trap of someone saying like, how, how, how are you doing this week? Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, good. Oh, I'm great. I'm doing good. Or just, you know, and when, when, when in actuality we're like miserable or struggling or, or in, in a lot of pain or whatever. Right. And, and so I think being, being good question askers. And then I think a huge key to true fellowship and connection is, is honesty. Like, are we, are we actually being real with people? And, and let me just say this. And I, I, I think this is probably obvious, but I feel like we should just say it. Most of what we're talking about is not going to happen on Sunday mornings. Agree or disagree? Uh, in the context of start time to finish time of a service on Sunday, yes. I think that there is a lot right. of interaction and connection afterwards, but I agree with you in the terms of you know, start and finish time of a service. Yeah. And that's, and that's part of the intentionality is like, I got to seek people out, Mm -hmm. you know, during the week, um, you know, outside of, and, and, and maybe it's like, Hey, that's the person I want to go talk to after church. And then we set up a time to go grab coffee or to go on a walk or whatever. And then, and then, and then I don't know, but, but back to that thing about questions. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that's important for us to be good? And asking questions? I think that, uh, I think it can be misleading because I don't want anyone to hear the term good question and think to themselves, oh, I'm not good at asking questions. I, I can't <laughs> think of those really creative worded questions. But again, I think the, the more, the, probably the better description is just thoughtful questions. And thoughtful yeah. questions are a natural byproduct of being an intentional friend, of being yep. an intentional listener. Yep. You know, if, if I'm listening to you, Charlie, talk about your hardships with your kids with Sarah passing or you, Dan, talk about your kids going through school, if I care about you and I actually care about how your kids are doing or how Jude and Seller are doing, I'm going to ask you questions. Yep. And they don't have to be these like masterfully worded things, but they're just thoughtful. I, it's, it's, it's reflecting a genuine care versus this like master thesis of of question asking. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think that's yeah. what Dan necessarily meant by a good question, right? Like a good question, he's saying... Right, like what you're saying, a thoughtful one, one that is going to yeah, engage yeah, yeah. that person. But I think, Sean, you touched on something that is so vastly more important than the question, and it's listening. It's the listening piece. Because I have had people ask me great questions, and I'll be about two seconds into my answer, and they'll be like, well, let me tell you what I think, or let me tell you what's going on in my life. And all of a sudden, it's very oh, yeah. clear the agenda was not me. The agenda was whatever was on their mind. And, and I think that that's, again, that piece of intentionality of saying, hey, it's not just about coming up with like the best question ever. It's about saying, hey, I want to enter into life with you. And that's going to come about probably most naturally, Dan, to your point, through asking a question, right? Asking right. how are things going? And I'm not going to let you give me the, oh, it's great response. I'm going to, I'm, I'm here and I'm going to listen. Uh-huh. Like those are the most... Uh, maybe not the most, but they're up there with the most influential people in my life are the people who want to sit and listen and want to dive in deep and then want to care for me in that process. 
And, and I do think just to tag on to that, thank you for sharing, Charlie. But also, Dan, your point of honesty is huge. Yep. Because, you know, as much as we do want to be those intentional listeners, like we have said a bunch today, we're broken people, we're not perfect. And sometimes we're just going to miss the mark when someone's going through hard stuff. And so I think on your end, to be honest about stuff. Like I was just talking to Tim the other day, a mutual friend, and he was saying, yeah, you know, we keep having people ask me, how are you doing? You know, and I give that generic, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. And then he said, and then I said, actually, I'm not doing well at all. You know, and it led, leads to this big conversation, this, again, this process we're seeing, but that took some honesty and vulnerability on his end, you know? And I think most of us who go to church on Sundays, we're going to have that opportunity come up where someone says, oh, how you doing this week? And our generic instinct response is always going to be doing great. How you doing? But if you're not doing great, don't say you're doing great. Well, I think, but I think that sometimes I don't even know when I'm not doing great. Like, cause I'm not being honest before the Lord or I'm not being honest with myself in that process. And so making sure. Or you're just, or maybe you're just so overwhelmed and busy. Which which again, if I'm overwhelmed and busy to a point that it is weakening my relationship with God, right? Then Mm -hmm. my priorities are wrong. Like it's, that's still something I want to do inventory with, right? It goes back, it goes right back to what Gary's main foundational thing was. A shared life with God equips us for a shared life with one another. If I am not making that my priority, my relationship with the Lord, and I'm not going to him and saying, search me and know my heart, try me and know all my anxious thoughts, like reveal to me those areas where I am not doing well, then, then a lot of times it's very easy to be deceived by the deceitfulness of sin and to be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And when somebody says, how are you doing? I can be like, um, we're doing great. You know, I, I think. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I got to think about that because I'm not really sure if yeah. I'm doing great. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that it, it, it's so interesting how, how everything kind of like correlates, you know, relationships are relationships, you know, like whether we're talking about with God or, or with each other, right. It all, it all kind of, there, there, there's this core correlation, yep. you know, and, and, and connection. And, and, you know, t- today we were, uh, we were in our staff prayer meeting and, and one of the, one of the people in my group, you know, was just, just, man, I'm ha- having a tough week, you know? And I felt this little, um, kind of like, thought popping, I guess it was a thought popping in my head, just said like, all right, Dan, you got a lot on your plate today. Like you got a lot of stuff. You got the podcast coming up. You got all these different things to get ready for, you know, church reopening inside and stuff. And, and I almost felt this temptation to be like, you're too busy to ask, to probe, you know? Um, but, but I pushed past it and I think God, you know, through the grace of God and, and hit the prompting of the spirit, I just said, Hey, let's talk about it. You know, like this is a safe place. Like, what do you, what do you got going on? And the person went in and shared and, and we had, um, we had a, a great time of encouraging each other and praying together. It took longer than what I expected. And it actually made me late for this podcast, <laughs> um, to, to tape with Stop you guys. Stop making excuses, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but what I'm, but what I'm trying to tell you is like, if we're too, if we're too busy in life, um, and I, like you said, Charlie, it starts with, with making space and, and time in our life to, to, to be with God. Right. But if, if we're not doing that, then we're certainly not going to be aware enough or centered or peaceful enough to notice and take advantage of the opportunities that God presents to us 
as people come across our yeah. path. And right? I think that so, priorities so, yeah. are going to be a huge revealer of what it is we actually worship. So if I worship money, then my priority is going to be to work and advance as fast as possible, right? Or to be deceitful. I'm going to, I'm going to do things that, that are, are only for that aim. If my worship is myself, then I'm looking to better myself. I'm not going to be a good friend because I only have this friendship because you're making me better. It's only self-focused, right? But when our worship is right and we are able to prioritize in that kind of way, it will set everything in the structure that it needs in order for us to be effective as we see with Paul and Timothy, right? As we see with the way that they live their lives and the way that Paul communicates, it's all based off of how he prioritized his life. You know, he, he yeah. didn't pull punches with Timothy because he prioritized godliness and, and who God is more than he did Timothy's feelings. Now, did he care about Timothy's feelings? Of course, but he was able to prioritize the way he communicated because of those, those established norms in his life. And I think that that's where we get hung up a lot of times. And I think for a lot of us, we've got to do that inventory of where is our priority in life? Is it us? Is it our kids? Is it our spouse? Is it? I mean, losing Sarah was a huge wake-up call that there were areas in my life where Sarah took on a role that only was reserved for God, right? And, and I had to like reckon with that, that like identity that came from Sarah and, and encouragement that came from Sarah, which were not necessarily bad things, but I had put too much stock in. Like we've got to make sure that we are, are, are wholeheartedly the Lord's before we're anything else's. Yeah. Well, and let, let's just speak plainly. All of you listening, you, me, Dan, every single one of us, you have time in your life to worship God. You have time in your life to serve God. Again, buzz, we need like a buzzword counter for this word, but intentionality. Are you being intentional with your schedule and your time? We've all heard it. You know, I know that we're pastors. We, we deal with this more often than you guys probably, but we're talking about serving in church or serving in your community, whatever it is. Number one excuse. Oh, I'm just so busy. You know, we're all busy. And I'll tell you what, some of the people who I consider in my entire life, the most faithful servants and the most consistent worshipers with their time are also the busiest humans I've ever met. Mm-hmm. But their priorities show clear, like Charlie was saying, what you love and what you're worshiping in your heart is going to be revealed by how you're spending your time. So on the first part of this, the foundation, your time with God, are you not serving in any way? I'm not saying you have to sign up for one of our ministries. Are you hanging out with your friends and serving them? Why not though? Why not? Why not? (laughs) Get in there. We need you. But are you not serving in any way in your life because you're quote unquote busy? Then on the step two of that, are you not intentionally investing in any friends in your life because you're quote unquote busy, you know, in your family? And I don't want to make any assumptions about what your family or you as an individual are going through and how much is on your plate or anything like that. But is the idea of having someone over for dinner at your household to care for them, like super crazy to think about because you're just so quote unquote busy. If that's describing you in some way, then maybe you're one of those people. And we all have to do this sometimes that you need to take inventory. Like Charlie said, he just had to do it with Sarah's passing. Take inventory of how you're holding your your daily life, your relationships, including that, especially the one with God, yep. how you're holding those on these pedestals of priorities and how you're spending your time and energy and thoughts and all those things. Yeah, because if, if safety or if um, money or if comfort are your main priorities— 
something is severely off. And when the fire turns up in terms of persecution or in terms of hostility, you will sacrifice your relationship with the Lord in order to maintain that security or that comfort or that money. And so this is a huge call. And and it's, again, what we see Paul encourage Timothy to do throughout this book is is to prioritize, is to say what is of most value and of most importance. And ultimately, it is this. It is relationship with God and it is service in his kingdom. Man, amen. And I said this last week, but in, in this book, in this letter to Timothy, Paul's going to remind Timothy over and over and over again that life with Jesus is hard, right? Yep. He's going to tell him over and over again, that just exactly what you're just saying, the cost of walking with Jesus. And that it's not easy. But again, that's not our measure of, of what successful life with Jesus is like, right? It's not how easy it is. It's the fruit of our lives and the fruit of our relationships with with our Father, with His Son, the Holy Spirit, and with, with our people in our community. Yep. Amen. Dan, you got a pondering look on your face. No, I was just, I was digging what you were saying. Oh, I thought you were going to drop some heat real quick. <laughs> no, dude, I was I was about to say, you. I was about to say that was fire, dude. I love it. Uh, okay, well, I think we're, we're, I love the airplane. We're approaching the landing we're ro- ship here. We are rocking. We're rocking and rolling right now. It is good, good <laughs> oh stuff. Almost strolling, one could say. <laughs> uh, boy. So, okay, just some action steps for you guys. You know, I know that this has been a little bit um, chargy of a, of an episode, but it's just, it's important stuff because this is the basis for every other aspect of Christian life that we're going to be talking about in second Timothy, but even outside of that, Charlie, you yeah, have no, I just up. am saying it, 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 I hope you hear that it is just as much chargy for you as it is for us. Like Amen. I am preaching to myself here. Like we are, we are reminding ourselves of these things because until we stand in the presence of Jesus, there is always room for us to grow. So, so I hope you hear from my heart, our hearts, that this is something that we are wanting to see growth in our own lives in. So don't take it as like, hey, if you're not doing this or that, then you're off. We all have room to grow, own that, and and understand that it's worth pursuing. And it should, it should kind of get us stirred yes. up and excited. And that was that was how I felt after the the message on yes. Sunday. Just I'm like, dude, this this is this gets me pumped because this is really what life is is all about. And if you if you have gotten tastes of it and glimpses of it, you know, it's, it just, um, it, it's just so in line with how, how, how God designed us and what, 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 per, what's our purpose here on earth. And so whenever we're walking in that, um, more fully, we, we experience, you know, great satisfaction yeah. and, and, and God is, is glorified. And so there's, there's a, uh, I don't know, like it, it should resonate with our spirit, you know, and, and not make us feel beat up, but, but it should stir us. It should get us excited. Amen. And just one quick point about like the serving with your friends thing and creating opportunities to serve and going to city team together and stuff. Absolutely. There's all these like fruits and benefits of, of that actual time spent together. But also, you know, we mentioned not every time hanging out has to be a Bible study, quote unquote. But that time hanging out, if you're doing this process where you're not serving, it's going to be sweeter. It's going to be a more fruitful time. Like my my closest friends and the ones that I feel like the, my, our time spent is the sweetest and richest together are the ones that we also serve together, yeah. you know? 
And even those times where we're not serving, it's just better. Life is just better when you're walking in line with God's instructions like this. All right, guys, man, I feel like there's a lot, a lot you can pull from this. So a couple action steps, you know, just pray, pray and evaluate your heart before the Lord. Pray and, and, and reflect and consider how you're utilizing your time, how you're using relationships, you know, like Gary charged us to, to consider, are there relationships that I need to adjust how I'm approaching them? Mm-hmm. You know, spend some time considering it, the, the question of, of serving, the question of trips, the question of going trips with people. There's so many things and so many avenues. And, you know, especially those of you listening who are maybe single or a widow or a widower or whatever that looks like, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to come off as, oh, look at these three guys with families and they don't know what it's like to be alone in the Bay Area. Like I understand, but hey, God's instructions I'm in this a, way. Bro, is, bro, bro, bro. I'm a widower. Come on. <laughs> I'm part of that group. I know. I know. You, you have your kids. I know <laughs> you are. And so you can, you can, you can test to it yeah, firsthand, yep. but for those of you who don't have kids or anything or any family, like just a reminder, God's instructions on this matter are not yep. to families. Yep. They're all of his sons and daughters, right? Yes. Amen. Amen. And also we want to hear from you. If that's you, like Charlie said, w- that's step one. You know, if you're feeling disconnected, let us know. We want to know that and we can help care for you. And in that way, we'll be those people who can ask those thoughtful questions to you and pray for you and all those things and back and forth. Cause it's a two way road with relationships. Dan, Charlie, anything else you want to leave people with? Just love mm-hmm. y'all. Yeah, and, and just a just a little plug for for this Sunday, the Reverend Tim Barley will be uh, will be sharing with us, and uh, I think he's gonna bring I think he's gonna bring the thunder, bring the fire. I think it's gonna be real nice. So make sure you come join us in the parking lot, and uh, we'll keep this we'll keep this tested train rolling. I love it. And also another plug, and maybe a, a great application for everything we're talking about today, for how you can change what Sundays look like for you is again, May 2nd, we're indoors, baby. We're going to be inside on May 2nd, both campuses. And so maybe just start thinking about and praying about how you can, beginning at those indoor services and the time afterwards, be more intentional. Be intentional with everyone there. I really think that one way we can improve this podcast is we need to get one of those boards with like sound effects. So when you're like, be intentional, I can hit a button that goes like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I think, I think we could, I think we could, uh, we should work, workshop that. All right, we'll workshop that's, it. We'll that's workshop. a real possibility. <laughs> we need one that goes like, stop it now. <laughs> so good. Uh, all right, y'all. All right, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Love y'all. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Stooges out. Stooges out. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.